This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 100. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Carrie Dills. Carrie is a web developer, instructor, and freelance coach. And she is one of our very first supporters of our podcast. When Tara and I were, were starting to consider and getting ready to launch this podcast, we reached out to Carrie, who is a very accomplished podcaster in her own right, to ask for advice and for guidance. And she shared a lot of logistics and just a lot of emotional support as well. And then when we first started to ask for financial support of our podcast, she was the first, and dare I say only, individual to contribute to the costs associated with running this podcast. And just one more bit of introduction uh, for Carrie before I, I welcome her properly to the show is to, to share that when we, when we have guests onto the show, we ask them to complete a, a form with just some logistics information so we can describe them and read an introduction about them. And one of the questions that we asked our to-be guests is who in the WordPress community do they respect but have yet to meet? And I can say that Carrie Dill's name comes up more often than any others as someone in the WordPress community who people respect but have yet to meet. So as we celebrate our 100th episode, just with great joy and happiness that we welcome Carrie to the show. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much. What an intro. <laughs> Carrie, we're so excited. Thank you very much for joining us on Hallway Chats. Uh, and for those who don't know you, and for those who do, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I do web development and consulting, and I'm working primarily with WordPress. Uh, over the past few years, I've gone more into education. I teach front-end web development and WordPress courses over at LinkedIn Learning. Uh, I have a podcast, like you guys said, and then I also run a series of courses called The Fearless Freelancer, and that's just teaching basic business skills to those getting started in their web development businesses. Carrie, I've I've looked up to you uh, for years now as a as a as a friendly business leader, and uh, certainly my my headphones have uh, heard carried your voice many times as I've cut my grass trying to figure out how to make my little practice better. How did how did you fall into all of this? Because you're you know web technologies is relatively new, podcasting is new, figuring out how to be a successful business owner in an environment that's always changing. How did, how did that come to be? Can you talk us through that story a little bit? Sure. I'm, I probably kind of backed into it a little bit. Um, about 20 years ago, ooh, it's been, oh, oh my gosh, I've been out of college like 25 years. Oh my gosh. Uh, so or, I don't know, after I graduated college, I didn't really have too many uh, skills, um, marketable skills, other than I'd learned to uh, just basic HTML to make websites. And um, so I found out that I really enjoyed that and just kind of fell into um, freelancing. At that point in time, you would actually, you know, look in the classifieds for web work and uh, did that. And then, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago at this point, somebody told me about WordPress. I'd gotten out of the web development industry and um, was thinking about making a career change and somebody 
told me about WordPress and, um, and the, I guess the rest is, the rest is kind of history, <laughs> but in terms of, um, the business side of it, that's just always been, uh, a entrepreneurial spirit has, has always been with me. So within, as, as you discovered WordPress and we're thinking, okay, maybe I don't want to leave development yet. Where did you, where did WordPress go with your career or where did you take it? What about it? You know, where did you latch on to? Did you, did you continue to be uh, basically a WordPress consultant offering development and the like, or how did, how did that come about? What proceeded? What happened? Yeah. Uh, so when I first got started with WordPress, you mean? Yeah. So uh, I was looking to make a career change at that point. I had been, uh, with the Starbucks corporation for about a decade and, uh, was tired of the coffee business and, uh, frankly tired of being in the, uh, in the service industry and looking for a change. And, um, so, you know, I fell back on what was an old skill in web development and, it obviously needed a lot of dusting off, but it was uh, somebody that I worked with at, at a Starbucks that actually told me about WordPress. And so started working with it, playing with it. Um, honestly, don't even remember how I found my first WordPress client. Uh, it might've been a referral or friend of a friend. I, I've slept too many times to remember, um, but just kind of slowly started dipping my way back into offering client services, um, while I was still working at Starbucks. And then there came a tipping point where, uh, it was much more financially, um, attractive to, uh, let go of the Starbucks work and, and go freelance full time. And then your transition then from that, from doing client work, um, how long did you do client work before you started teaching, I guess? Um, a couple of years, maybe two or three years. Okay. And the teaching, I kind of backed into that too. It was as I was learning WordPress, I uh, would blog about my experience and kind of blog in the form of tutorials, um, mostly to help me remember what it was I was learning. Yeah. Um, but I got a, a lot of good feedback um, on those that people were finding them helpful. And so that uh, kind of led me to start being more purposeful about, um, writing tutorials and, and things that would be helpful for other people. So you taught yourself and then your documentation of that was, was blogging, which then turned into another business outlet for you, right? Because <laughs> when you started working and learning and, and did you find that you liked that more than doing client work? Because it seems like your business really transitioned more and then into teaching freelancers, how to be freelancers. You're a teacher at heart, would you say? You know, I would have never thought of myself that way, but I have found that work to be very gratifying. Um, and so I guess maybe, maybe so. <laughs> yeah. I've never thought of myself as a, as a teacher or ever necessarily wanting a career in, in education, but it's really fun to watch somebody want to learn how to do something and get to have a hand in teaching them and then see them go be successful at, you know, whatever, whether that's uh, creating a, a website or, uh, you know, filing their uh, official papers for their business or whatever it is. It's just, it's cool to be part of that journey. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. And I think your personality um, is 
comfortable and fun. So you make it interesting for people to to want to interact with you on that level. When it comes to your running a business, how have you found that transition from client work to being a teacher? Because teachers don't get paid as much as business people, right? Or is that not <laughs> true in, in the LinkedIn and WordPress world? <laughs> no, that's, well, I mean, certainly it's not part of a education, like mean, traditional education, which certainly um, our teachers are um, grossly underpaid. Uh, but thankfully, I don't rely on government budgets to set my uh, <laughs> my salary restrictions. But um, that was a that was a little bit of a juggling act to to make the leap. It it wasn't really even a leap. It was just kind of a slow overlap of um, doing the educational stuff and doing client services along with it until um, I had enough income coming in to uh, to let the client services go. A lot of hustle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I imagine it, and you, you tell me, Carrie, but I would imagine it was LinkedIn says, hey, would you like to put together a course? And you say, okay, sure. And then you realize or learn about the difference between a, a well-documented blog post, post and a formal LinkedIn learning course. Uh, and, the, and the level of preparation and energy and, and hours, frankly, that you would have to put into that. What was that all like? Oh yeah, that's that's been an education on its own. Just learning how to do courses at a professional level, and uh, thankfully, I just—I mean, I I write all the courses, I plan all the courses, um, and then I show up and, and record them. But they do the heavy lifting in terms of the production and whatnot. But yeah, from a planning perspective, um, it's a pretty significant upfront time investment that goes into creating the materials and. Um, and of course I'm working with, uh, with some of their staff to make sure that what I'm thinking of actually sounds like it makes sense. And, uh, so there's some collaboration there and, um, yeah, but it's, it's helped me kind of learning that model of, uh, it's not like it's any big secret or, or difficulty, but, you know, every course just starts off with first, what is, you know, what's the learning objective? What do you want to teach somebody? And then creating an outline. Uh, okay, so here's here's the big five bases we want to cover, and then within one of each of those bases, maybe there's five or six subtopics. Um, so just coming up with that initial outline for a course um, has helped me um, think through how I wrote my fearless freelancer courses, um, how I structure, <clears throat> excuse me, how I structure blog posts now. Uh, it's even helped me in just if I'm preparing to talk at a word camp or something. Um, so again, it's, it's not like it's any big magic, but it was just something I had not been exposed to. So um, yeah, I've, I've gotten an education of the process. How do you balance imposter syndrome with this? Obviously, I mean, there's a lot of talk in our space about imposter syndrome. And I think teaching sometimes helps you learn something more. I found giving talks is helpful because I feel like I learned things and I realize that I know more than I think I do. Is that hold true? Do you think that this process has helped you if you ever did have imposter syndrome uh, to, um, I guess, work on that, maybe not get over it, but work on it? Yeah, I, I, I did. And I do still have <laughs> imposter syndrome based on the, uh, the scenario, but I think the, the, teaching and kind of repeated showing up in, in those 
capacities has helped build my confidence. And of course, when people give you feedback, now it's not always positive, um, or I should say it's constructive, but not always necessarily in a, in a, a, a praise way. But when you hear enough people responding positively, it's, it kind of helps you say, okay, I guess I do know, <laughs> I guess I do know what I'm talking about. I guess I have been helpful. So, um, I'm going to try to put my imposter syndrome on the shelf a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's a thing that never goes away. Carrie, you mentioned uh, talking about a WordCamp, and I want to ask you about how you first encountered the WordPress community and maybe even your first WordCamp and what what how that came about and what, what you made of it all back then. Yeah, so this was, I think, maybe 2013. And I had... I'd never heard of a WordCamp. I'd started working with WordPress and um, of course, just Googling, trying to, you know, finding tutorials and, and stuff like that. And um, I came across Bill Erickson's website, who's a, um, a very talented developer that I look up to. And um, he's based out of Texas, which is where I was based out of. And somehow I was poking around on his website, looking at something and I saw a reference to a WordCamp. I was like, what? So, you know, trace it back. I find the link to the WordCamp site. And I realized that I've just missed, so maybe this is 2012, I can't remember. But I realized that I've just missed uh, the Texas, whatever Texas camp had happened. It was probably WordCamp Austin. Um, so I, I just waited till the next year till it rolled around again and, and went. And I think I was just jaw dropping the floor that uh, all these people we're interested in this software and we're coming together and giving away information at uh, such a ridiculously low cost. Um, and of course it was, it was fun. I remember that was the, uh, first time I met Chris Lemma in person. The first time I met, um, Megan Gray in person, Bill Erickson and Jared Atchison, all these people that I had interacted with online and respected. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like I'm standing in the same room with you. <laughs> Uh, so, and of course that just started kind of a, a trend of, of attending as many word camps as I could manage to get to. Yeah, they are pretty life-changing. We've talked to so many people who had that experience, myself included. And, um, I think we can give a lot of credit to WordCamp for changing people's interaction with WordPress and their business and their life, I guess. Um, I'm going to ask you about success, Carrie. We like to ask everybody about that, that topic, and just to, I guess, explore your your definition of success, personal, professional, either or both, how they fit together. And, uh, and if you could share that with us, that'd be great. Sure. Um, personally, I mean, I guess I would say that success looks like your relationships, um, having people that love you and support you and being able to give that love and support back to your friends or your family. Um, like if you got that, you're the richest person in the world. Um, professionally, I've always been kind of a, a work to live, not a live to work person. So I'm not super driven, um, by corporate ladders or uh, promotions or, 
Um, not that those things are bad. That's just not the way that I'm wired. I would much rather find something that makes me just enough money that I can go and live whatever lifestyle I want. And in my case, that happens to currently be uh, driving around the country and camping out of my car and uh, just enjoying um, this beautiful green earth we live on. And um, yeah, so the flexibility uh, to be able to do that, uh, that's uh, maybe kind of simple, but I don't, I don't need much. <laughs> I like the simplicity of, of your definitions, you know, both the personal level of being able to not only get love and support from those around us, but be able to give back and to share and support them because it's really is a two way street, doesn't it? It has to be. And if it's not, it's, it's not a, a healthy situation. And I think your approach of working to live also emphasizes that healthy, healthy relationship, healthy exchange of enough money to do what I want, but not focusing too much on work on money and not focusing too much on what I want. Thank you for sharing that with us, Carrie. Sure. Thanks for, thanks for asking. Yeah. What are some things that you do in your daily life toward those ideas? So um, are there, do you have a, um, a schedule, a plan, goals? How do you, I guess, how do you set that yeah, so I'm the current place I'm in in my life is not representative of maybe what the past five or six years have looked like. Um, I've moved out of my home and uh, ended a significant relationship and um, and have not really put down my roots yet. So the one thing I have <laughs> missed is actually having some sort of a set schedule. Um, right now it's, it's more of, all right, when can I get to a Starbucks and, um, you know, take advantage of the Wi-Fi and get some work done and, uh, work kind of comes in some odd time pockets, um, previous. So let's say this time is not really representative. Um, previously, um, and Tara, I know you're familiar with the, uh, the 12 week year. Um, I would set out to do 12 week year. So usually in either mid to late December, early January, uh, kind of plan out what I wanted to, um, get done for the year and then break that into those quarterly segments. And, um, I've been in masterminds at various points with people that have, you know, helped, helped keep me on track or help make me sure I'm, uh, reaching after my goals. But I like that model of having a, having, um, a big picture plan. Um, but then having the flexibility to change direction if, if need be, or an uh, unexpected opportunity comes up. Is there something that you still, even with your change in your routine, is there something that you, that you've hung on to something that you do every day? I try to take a walk every day and that's not necessarily work related, but it yeah, is, that's good. Yeah. um, just a way to kind of clear some space in my head, uh, and also use that time to, um, like listen to a business book or, or take in a podcast or, uh, and that's, that's a habit that I've, I've tried to, that's good for my mental health <laughs> and sanity. And I can do that anywhere in the world. Yeah, for sure. Where have you been lately? You said you've been traveling. And so you've, you've piqued my interest and maybe even made me a little jealous. Where, where have you, where have you gone? What have you seen? Uh, so I started in Texas, um, and one of my missions was to just 
see as many national parks as I, as I could in 2019. Um, I went and, oh, and this is another great thing about the WordPress world. You meet people from all over the place. So you can just put your finger on a map and there's probably somebody from WordPress that lives there. Uh, but I went through Oklahoma, um, saw Corey and Lindsay Miller, spent some time with them. Uh, saw my old college roommate, then I cut across to uh, Colorado. Um, I tried to go to the Grand Canyon, but uh, it was snowing tremendously, and I and the road was closed that I needed to use. So I skipped the Grand Canyon this time around. Yeah, that's uh, not a ditch you want to slide into accidentally, is it? No, no. Uh, I was really disappointed to miss it, but I'll I'll be back. I'm sure. Um, Let's see, I spent some time in Arizona and, and gotten to see and uh, spend time with uh, folks from the Phoenix WordPress community. Um, Utah, I've been to the Four Corners, but that was about my extent of spending time in, in Utah. <laughs> you ticked the Utah box, well done. <laughs> I got my my uh, border picture and then uh, I've moved on. And then um, from there, I've been uh, spent most of my time in, in California, I didn't quite expect to spend as long out here as I have, but had the opportunity to do some uh, pet sitting for a friend. And so stayed out here a little bit longer. And um, in, in the middle of that, I've flown back to Texas and spent about a month at uh, visiting with friends and catching up there. And then uh, tomorrow I'm going to start heading up the coastline of the, of, of the one. And um, hopefully by this weekend to be in Yosemite. So We'll see how the Wi-Fi connection is. <laughs> sounds like a great adventure and a lot of driving. What do you, do you listen to a podcast when you're driving? Do you, I eat a lot of candy when I drive and I know that you and I both enjoy a good hot tamale. So We do enjoy a good hot tamale. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, those are good for like keeping you awake when you're driving. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll listen to um, podcasts, not necessarily business or WordPress podcasts, but a lot of um, NPR shows and, um, then listen to books on, I was going to say books on tape, audiobooks, uh, and sometimes music just kind of depends on, on the mood. Yeah. Have you, have you had any surprising encounters or episodes or views or vistas, <laughs> surprising slash favorite things with all the driving <laughs> that you've been doing? Oh, probably the most surprising happened fairly, this was back in January, um, I was, I had just been to the Four Corners Monument and, you know, snapped my picture there and uh, was headed to the Grand Canyon and making my way in that general direction. And uh, there was a beautiful dog that was in the road and um, I pulled over and uh, used, I had some goldfish that I've been snacking on, not hot tamales. I was in a salty <laughs> mood, I guess, but I used those hot, or excuse me, used the goldfish to uh, coax the dog into the car with me and, um, ended up, uh, kind of a fun, fun story, or at least fun for anybody who's a dog lover, but, um, took him, made sure that he didn't belong to anybody. He wasn't chipped, got his shots, uh, his vaccinations, and then, um, ended up with, through the help of the interwebs and kind of putting out the call, uh, finding a foster home for him. And I did a lot of driving to, <laughs> to get him there. Uh, but that was a really fun experience. And I remember at one point taking a client call and I was in 
someplace with just terrible cell connection. Um, and I had this dog, I kind of named, I nicknamed him Floofy because he was a big fluffball. Uh, so I had Floofy in the back of my car. I was trying to transport him and I had terrible cell reception. So I was on like a rest stop on the side of the road uh, trying to have this call with a client. And uh, thankfully the client was a very gracious, <laughs> a very gracious person because it was not exactly the smoothest, but yeah, that was, that was unexpected. That's a great story for your, your freelancing advice. You know, don't, <laughs> don't, maybe don't take client calls in the car with bad cell service and a stray dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The planning on that one could have been better for sure. But it worked out. It worked out. Carrie, I want to ask you about advice. One of the questions that we like to ask our, our, our guests here is around not so much advice that they've shared, but advice that they've heard or read and embraced and successfully implemented in their lives. Can you share with us some piece of advice that you've received and implemented successfully in your own life? Ooh, what a great question. Um, man, I'm trying to just pick one. Um, because I've thankfully I've had a lot of mentors speak a lot of wisdom into my life. Um, I think probably the most recent would be my dad, uh, who I've always had tremendous respect for, both professionally and personally. And um, he is also a college professor. Uh, and he was talking about that he tells his students to kind of go with their bent. Everybody has a natural bent, uh, whether that's they're inclined to, you know, athleticism or they're inclined to work with their hands or um, they're, you know, they inclined to um, be a helper or take care of people. Um, everybody has their bent. And when you lean into that uh, is where you find kind of the least resistance um, and can find some success and, my dad, of course, knows me pretty well, <laughs> and he was just telling me, you know, some stories from my childhood, and and um, and we were talking about my bent, and um, so it was just kind of encouraging to hear as I think about kind of what's this next chapter in my life look like, uh, career-wise, especially, um, what is my natural bent, and it is definitely towards. Um, entrepreneurial adventure and um you know how does that play out and how can I lean into that so it's I guess I haven't really implemented it yet it's still kind of knocking knocking around in the noggin yeah I like that idea of, of your bent your skill have you done any of these like personality tests that are all the rage the enneagram or all these things that help you identify your personality type or your I guess your bent in a way Oh yeah, I I kind of love those tests. Yeah, yeah. kind of addictive, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah, um, I, probably the Myers Briggs. I don't know. I did that a year ago or so. Probably the most recent one. And I feel like I just come down kind of to I, I straddle the middle on a on a lot of things. And I'm like, well, that's not helpful. <laughs> My bent is I don't have a bent. I'm apparently just right down the middle. But um, yeah, I I do love taking those things. I'm curious about the the manner in which your father shared that advice. Was that when you were out visiting and it was the two of you on the back porch 
maybe having a beer as the sun went down and he kind of looked over and says, Carrie, <laughs> let's talk. Or were you just shooting the bull and asking for advice? So, you know, I, I just love dad and advice stories. Can you share a little? Oh, bit man. Well, I had a really neat experience um, this past fall. I got to go to Spain with my dad and spend five weeks with him hiking across the country. Wow. And, uh, so we had a lot of opportunity to talk. Yeah. And uh, so we were, um, I think, just talking about um, kind of figuring out what you want to be when you grow up. And he's 70, and he told me he still didn't know what he wanted to be. And I said, well, that is so discouraging. <laughs> you don't know, and you're 70. Yeah, where is there hope for me? <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, that was the, the context. What a great experience. Five weeks just hanging out with your dad, walking, talking, probably doing a lot of nothing too in terms of just walking and focusing on the road and introspection. What a what a blessing to have that. Yeah, I, I treasure that. I will always uh, treasure that and would say to anybody if they get a chance to spend time with their parents like that. And of course, not everybody has, has good relationships um, or that opportunity. But if it does come up, I highly recommend taking it. Yeah. And having a freelance lifestyle that allows you to do that. I imagine exactly. did you have Wi-Fi on, in your travels. Did you work at all or did you completely disconnect? I completely disconnected other than um, uploading some photos to Instagram and, um, you know, phone calls with family. But other than that. Oh, so you just told clients that you were going to be gone and you gave them a backup yeah. person to contact. How did that work? I uh, had planned. Uh, I for about six months, I'd been working towards having that space cleared on my calendar. Uh, and the uh, I think two active clients at that time, and I um, introduced them to someone else who could take care of them, um, just in case there was an emergency or they needed something while I was gone. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. That's something to keep in the back of one's mind is having that opportunity and having the courage to do it. I think that's a big thing. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. We are running out of time. I want to acknowledge Carrie and thank you for not only being a supporter of the show, but for being a supporter of me and the WordPress community that I found, which really started with your live podcast. I have so many friends in the WordPress community that came from that show and have learned a lot from you. So personally, I want to say thank you for that. Um, I probably wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for you. So thanks. Wow. Thanks for thank being you. here on the show and, and yeah, being part of my journey too. Well, thank you. That means the world to me. Yeah. Carrie, it's been such a pleasure. I've uh, long admired you from afar and listened to your show. So to have you on our little show today is, is just a wonderful way for us to celebrate our 100th episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. And congrats again on number 100. Thanks for your support. Where can people find you online if they haven't already? Uh, you can find me at carriedills.com or on Twitter at cdills with just one L. All right. <laughs> Thanks again, Carrie. Hope to see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.